Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.ca. Our BFC Live guest today is Mandish Dosan. He is the CEO of Pure Sun Farms. We wanted to connect with him about a recent letter he wrote to Health Canada about labeling, as well as how he positions his brands with consumers. Mandish, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Jay. Um, I don't even know where to begin, but let's start um, the first, not the first time we've met before, but um, when you guys made, I think, a huge splash in your large format uh, release, was it exactly a year ago? A little less than a year ago? It was, it was March 2020, for sure. Yeah. So just over a year ago. And it coincided with when people wanted to buy in large format. <laughs> It was very fortuitous. It was an idea that we've always had um, growing up around cannabis, knowing that people consume and purchase in the ounce format. We definitely knew it was something we wanted to be in. And it was fortuitous in the sense that it just coincided with uh, the global pandemic and people pantry loading and really wanting a large format. So uh, we were really blessed with the, the timing of it and saw immediate success and really saw a pivot and change in the marketplace as a result of it. Yeah, it was, it was really forward thinking. Uh, but I want to sort of back up a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your background and, and what you brought or what you bring to Pearson Farms, because I think it's, it, it makes decisions like launching a large format seem mm -hmm. much more, uh, you are a smart guy, but also you've seen a lot of different uh, sectors before and how things play out. Talk a little bit about your background and what you brought to Pearson. For sure. So I'm actually born and raised in Toronto, just outside. I, I did my engineering degree at the University of Toronto in industrial engineering. And my entire career prior to joining Pearson Farms was actually in the Canadian retail business. Eight years, Loblaw companies, uh, moved out west to work for Aritzia when they were privately held, back east, for, worked for Target Canada and Longo's a grocery company. And then the last two years before being asked to interview and, and take the position at Pearson Farms, I was with the LCBO. I was senior VP for supply chain and wholesale and got to launch the OCS and was part of the exec team that rolled out cannabis and worked with Health Canada as the first province to really think about what that would look like. So my entire career has been in the retail space, looking at data, analytics, process, brands, products, um, and at, in, in organizations where margins sometimes are thin. I, mean, I spent almost a decade in the grocery business. And so really taking that thinking towards Pure Sun Farms, and when I met with the board as they were interviewing me, it was a really collaborative, interesting conversation about, look, if we don't think about the data and look at the you know, customer segmentation and what customers want, we're not going to build a business with strong foundations. And that was kind of really where I think it all started from. So we really think about everything we do in a really calculated manner, kind of a crawl, walk, run approach, and think about true business fundamentals. And, and the large format is a natural extension where we looked at who the customers are today um, and what is really selling and what cannabis consumers want. And the, the ounce pack, it's a no-brainer. Uh, growing up, right, people are buying, uh, you know, half quarters is obviously a big one, but then you get into the half ounce and the ounces. It's just, it's just what sells and what people want. So we've always kind of taken that approach um, to look at the data, look at the customer segmentation and think about what's a, not a short-term fad, but really where the movement's going to be and making sure we're there in the right place at the right time, but doing it um, in a very calculated manner. So we didn't rush it. I mean, it's a thought we had in 2019. I mean, I joined the organization in 2018. So 
you know, we, it, sometimes it takes a little bit longer to roll these things out, but when we do it, we do want to make sure we do it really well. Well, I actually want to uh, harp, not harp on, I want to go to that point because you're talking about segmentation and data and analytics, yet uh, the full suite of data and analytics and insights are only happening almost in real time, whereas some of the other sectors you've been in, you know, there's 50, 100 years of data and insights and how to segment, um, you know, uh, both price point and brand and where to put them and how to put them. And this is, um, it's not necessarily building right the bridge as you're walking it on, but, but, a, but a lot of it is understanding the space understanding the data and insights you have and how to actually project where it's going. Is that, is that, is that a different or unique challenge to cannabis right now than it was for say beverage and alcohol or, you know, grocery or anything like that? Absolutely. Yeah. You know what, the best way I can say it is it's the only industry and the only business that I've been in where my two, three, five-year business plan doesn't mean a whole lot. And you literally are, you know, you got to think of what's in front of you and you definitely got to think about, um, where you want to be, but thinking quarter by quarter and, you know, year by year, if you can even think that far is definitely at the forefront. And what I did, what we did is I spent a lot of time looking at mature jurisdictions. So spent time in the U S went down to hall of flowers in Santa Rosa, you know, California, Oregon, Colorado, looking, going through dispensaries, walking through that path to purchase in dispensaries as a consumer to understand how bud tenders there. And I don't think it's always a direct correlation, Canada and US, but there's a lot you can learn. And the one thing we've done is we haven't tried to make a market. We haven't tried to make a consumer out of fictitiously. We looked at the cannabis consumer and we said, what are they purchasing? What are their trends? And you're right, the data is very scarce, but when you spend time around it and you go into dispensaries across you know, the globe or wherever you can and talk to cannabis consumers, I mean, the insights are right there in front of you and you, you can make whatever you want out of data. You can convince anybody of anything with enough data. It doesn't mean it's true. And there definitely is a little bit of sifting through that information to say, okay, what pieces do we want to take forward? And we really took forward is we want to delight and be really in the, in the center in front of the cannabis consumer who's, who was consuming in the legacy market that is looking for legal product that's safe, that's clean, that they can trust and reliable, and that's in their store every day. So that's what we're really focused on. And we built our business around that consumer. It's, it's really smart. It also seems, I don't, this is not insult, like it seems like the obvious thing to do, yet uh, not everybody's done it as well or as successfully as you guys have. And um, <laughs> I mean, I don't want you to, like, like, why do you think that is? Is that just, you saw a path, you follow the path, you execute. Is it that simple? Or is it, is there a special sauce that you're going to divulge to everybody on business with cannabis? <laughs> there is no special sauce in our opinion. It's, you know, the team that we've built that I've built around me has really deep expertise in what they do. Um, we're a pretty flat organization, brought in leaders from CPG, really good background in retail and, and their specific traits. And we didn't overcomplicate things. It's actually pretty simple. And we made sure we understood what our plan was. The board was very supportive of that. Um, and, you know, looking at core fundamentals, like one of the things for us has always been make sure we're running a business and creating a business with sound foundations and fundamentals and try and be profitable every single quarter, which we've done. Because that's going to be, the, it's going to give us the ability to continue to grow, continue to invest in things, look at innovation. And so it's not, I always say it's not complicated, 
But I think a lot of our competitors and a lot of people in the industry have shiny penny syndrome and uh, we're constantly repivoting and changing their strategy and approach. And from the early days, not now during the pandemic, uh, we hosted a lot of investors uh, as we were you know, looking into the capital markets and such, and people were looking to understand Pure Sun Farms. And the one thing I heard back from a lot of analysts who I built relationship with over the years is that they said, hey, Mandish, your, your story and approach hasn't changed. And I said, so what's surprising about that? We're building a multi-million dollar business, investing, you know, tens of millions of dollars of capital, if not hundred. And I, I can't just pivot that overnight. If I don't know where I'm taking this business and the board and I aren't aligned, then I shouldn't have a job. And I think there's a lot of that. And I think a lot of people in the investment space and retail investors give a lot of credit to people who just say, oh, I know six months ago, I told you I was going to go do this. Now I'm going to go do this over here. And the two have no connection. And we haven't had to do that because our, our, our strategy has been sound. And it's, you, you talk about, is it a secret sauce? I mean, in every other business, you get, you get executed and roasted in the markets if you start changing your decision-making and, and what kind of products you want to lean into. But not in our industry. I mean, the capital markets continue to flow liquidity uh, into companies and, and listen to the shiny penny about, oh, yeah, we, we talked about this yesterday. We're going to go this way today. And that's not us. That's not who we are. Uh, a key phrase I always talk about is, you know, we're substance over flash. You know, I came here 2018, moved my family out here. My wife is born and raised out here. So it was a nice return to home. Came here um, to build a company that's going to stand the test of time and build something really special for the people here and, and create great products for the cannabis consumers. So it's a pretty, it's nothing different. It's what you'd expect from any CPG leader or retail executive that's come into the space. And I think that's the key difference. Our team is built differently. I have a much different background than a lot of my competitors, um, and I understand the business. It's pretty good. That's a pretty good secret sauce. It's not a secret, but it is good sauce. <laughs> it's a very good sauce. I actually want to. I want to shift for a second because um, we read a few weeks ago, maybe last week. Um, you guys wrote a letter to Health Canada. I don't even know what the right phrase is, but you you wrote a letter to Health Canada oh. about labeling, uh, especially around. Um, lab results basically on labels and how you guys view the world and how others view the world. Talk a little bit about like how you view the world and how others may, but also sure. the importance of that, um, not only to your business, because obviously that's part of it, but actually to consumers, because I think that's probably more important. Yeah. So the, you know, we did write a letter, you know, the Health Canada rules and regulations are quite extensive. Um, there's regulations, there's the packaging and labeling requirements. And one of the requirements of, of licensed producers is to make sure you understand that. And Health Canada is there to support you through those questions. So one of the key pieces is testing of product. And specifically, this letter was geared around whole flower, flower products. And every licensed producer is required to get a certified lab result, not just of microbials, pesticides, heavy metals, and such, but potency. And we know potency is a key factor in customers deciding what product to purchase. And the way we've interpreted the rules, and I think it's very clear, and I'll get into it in a minute, is that when you get that test result on cannabinoid, THC or CBD, a specific result, that's the result that needs to go on the batch, or sorry, on the bag of cannabis that you sell, according to that batch. And you know, we test multiple batches, um, and it's a specific potency. And last year, we started to see a movement in the industry where some producers were having the same exact potency every single time on multiple batches. And it just happened to be a 20% in this one example. And lo and behold, 20% is the magical number that bud tenders and consumers will say, I'm not buying anything below 20. 
And so we actually, the, the first letter we sent to Health Canada was late last year, believe it or not. And we asked them a just an open question about if we were to use an average based like a range and use the middle point. And they specifically said, no, that's not allowed. So then we wrote the follow-up letter to say, well, then can you please explain this to us? Because we've heard it from some, some, from some retailers and some boards that in that case, that licensed producer, their, their COA certificate of analysis does not show that same percentages on the bag. So we, we sent the letter into Health Canada to say, hey, look, can you please take a look at this? Because in our opinion, and we had legal opinion on it, this is a, a violation of the rules. And what was very interesting in the BNN article that uh, David George Koch wrote that, that kind of spurred all this attention to it, Health Canada very clearly said, you know, it has to be the specific test result. And, and in that quote from the licensed producer, they said, oh, well, we use an average. And we're just sitting here floored by that because, you know, they've come out and said what the rule is. Another licensed producer said, well, we're not following that, but we think we're following it. I don't know what Health Canada is doing, just, just sitting, uh, sitting on their butts now. You know, I'd like them to be decisive and, and show that they have a backbone in this. To me, it's no different than the CanTrust issue where it, the rules were clear. Don't grow in an unlicensed space. Well, what happened? Producer grew in an unlicensed space. They violated a rule. I mean, it's, it's flabbergasting to me that it's it, weeks later, we still don't have any follow-up. And so we're really just trying to urge people to take a look at this situation. And this isn't about us calling somebody out. This is about credibility in the industry and consumer uh, protection. I mean, consumers deserve to know what they're getting. And Health Canada knew that, that potency was going to be a big issue around safety too, all right? Because some consumers want to know exactly what they're consuming. They don't want it too high or too low, depending on what their tolerance limit is. And when you don't give them the exact information that you have as a producer, you're failing the customer. And as we're trying to move this industry towards legitimacy, why are we allowing people to take advantage of you know, potentially onerous legalities and loopholes when the, the rules are really clear? And so to me, that's what this is about. This is about maintaining legitimacy and standing up for our customers and doing what's right. Cause we're gonna get roasted as an industry and they're not gonna call out one or two LPs about it. They're gonna say, oh, you all, all you LPs are, are trying to prioritize profits over protection of our customers, right? Uh, legitimacy, not loopholes is what I always say is what we wanna move towards. And so I'm really calling upon the industry that if they believe us and listen, I mean, over 95% anecdotally by going into stores of the licensed producers do what we do, which is test and label the exact potency. So obviously they must agree with the rules and I'm calling upon them to, to speak up, you know, make their voices heard. And I'm even calling upon retailers because, you know, I've heard from some, from CEOs, from some CEOs or retailers who are saying, oh, well, we rely upon the licensed producer to main, ensure they're following rules. And I said, the customer doesn't care about that. They're expecting you, the, the retailer, to make sure you're doing the right things. And we've seen this in other industries with sweatshops and you know improper labor practices. You expect your retailer to stand behind their products. And I think that that was one of the most interesting things to me was that when we brought this matter to light, how many people who I followed up with it said to me, oh yeah, we've been talking about this for you know almost six months or, and, uh, and I was floored. And I even talked to some boards and they said, oh man, Dish, before, you're, before you even called me, we had a meeting today at the stores and this came up again. I said, so what are you guys doing about it? And in some cases, 
these provincial boards get the COA from the licensed producers so they can see that they it's not the same. Right. Yeah, and I'm just like, holy guys, like you'll roast us if an ingredient list is wrong or, you know, we've, we've done some random labeling issue that doesn't affect the customer, but why are you not standing up for this? So I'm just floored by it because in any of my other industries and, and I ran the QA department at, at the LCBO, we were very strict on what we allowed to go through because we knew... Um, you know, it would be our Heinz on the line. Well, imagine and, something that, that says, uh, you know, 60 proof, that's 40 proof, you know, that's 80 proof or, or just raw, you know, just some a variability of some great distance, which, which makes a huge difference to the consumer, but also you're right to the industry overall and the sort of transparency and, and legitimacy in which it's operating. Absolutely. And I think that when you get into manufactured products where you can refine and calculate whether it's edibles and vapes, it's a different set of standards, but with whole flour, because it's an agricultural product and there is variability in the plant structure, you know, we grow pink kush. Our pink kush is between 19 and 23%. Um, I could, you know, does that mean I should go out and label it 21 every time? I mean, I would save a ton of costs by doing that and it would improve my supply chain immensely. Um, but that's not the right thing to do. Even if I have a 19 and a half percent versus a 22, somebody might say, oh, like, give or take, it's the same. But somebody else might say, no, like, I really don't want to have something in the mid to upper 20s. I, re I prefer it to be under 20 or right at 20. And I think that we're taking the customer choice away. We're taking their ability to understand their tolerance limits and what they might deem as safe. Because let's be honest, you and I both know, Jay, I mean, cannabis is, for some people, a very everyday recreational product or however therapeutic, however they choose to self-administer it. We have the information to give to that customer so they can decide. And in this case, someone else is deciding for them. And I just, I can't wrap my head around it. And then, on, oh, on top of that, the rules say you can't do it. So. Right. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Mandisha, I, I appreciate you saying it because look, it's not easy to say that about obviously a competitor or other competitors, but good on you for doing that. Uh, I think it is uh, a consumer issue and a retailer issue too, because they, they ought not that, they, they don't want that either. Um, so I, I appreciate you saying it. I hope people get in touch with you and we'll put how to do that uh, to sort of support what you guys are doing and what you guys are saying. I also, I love the Pure Sun Farm story. So thank you for making time to talk about it. Um, really appreciate your insight and expertise and look forward to the next time we connect. And um, yeah, thanks for your time. Thanks, Jay. It's been great being here and uh, I'm always here if you need anything and love to chat again soon. Awesome. Thank you for joining us on B of C Live today. We're able to do what we do thanks to our ongoing partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Headset, Gallagher, and Torque and Mains.